You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Give Your Life Away podcast. We start the second to last chapter in this epistle project. We start Revelation 21 today. We'll be in verses 1 through 8. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. These verses provide the most clarity as to what the eternal state in heaven will be like, these verses in chapter 20 and, or 21 and 22. Heaven's not a place where we sit on clouds and play harps and wish we'd brought a magazine, as one comic portrays it. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is as physical as this current earth is. It's going to be a lot like this earth, minus the curse, minus sin. It's going to be the best of this earth. It's going to be plants and animals and grass and tangible things. In this passage, I want to highlight just three of the realities that we learn about uh, regarding heaven. First, there will be no more sea. Now, to somebody who loves the ocean and the beach, there could be the temptation to be disappointed with this, to, be, to, to think that heaven is going to be kind of a letdown. But don't let the enemy allow you to be less excited for heaven. We will never be disappointed in heaven. The fact that there is no sea will not be a problem for us. God's beauty and the joy we experience from it will still be known, will be known even greater than it is now. So we'll trust God for that. The reason there will not be a sea is because the sea is a place of judgment in the scriptures. The sea is where the beast comes from in chapter 13. When the original recipients of scripture were given specific revelation, they understood the sea to be a picture of rebellion against God. In some places, like Psalm 93, Flood, the flood of waters are a picture of the nations raging against God. So that's why this passage says there will be no sea. Second, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that the comforting presence of God will be there. Verse 3 actually starts with this, or verse 3 contains this word as, as the Lord speaks. He says, behold, that's look at this, listen to this, pay attention to this. He's trying to get our attention. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. The behold is, the, is an attention getter. 
We are meant to understand that God will dwell with his people and he will also comfort them. Think of, think of the parallels in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Think of Adam and Eve being expelled from heaven. No longer are they able to dwell with God in the same way. Now there must be a death that they've, uh, a death of an animal before they approach God. Uh, later on, there'd be, need to be the death of Jesus Christ before anybody would approach God. There has to be a death for sin before you can commune with God. Well, now here, that, that death has taken place. We, we hold on to that. That's the death of Jesus Christ. That's why there's no need to be a temple in the new city. We have complete access to God. God dwells with us just like he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. So there are no more restrictions, no more barriers, no more sacrifices to make. That's all been done, accomplished, finished. Now we have complete access with God. Third, and finally, we learn that the sinful people of this world will not be there. There's a list of the sins that characterize these people. I want to highlight one from this list, one sin from this list. The cowardly won't be there. In Revelation, the people of God are exhorted to endure, overcome, and persevere. Cowardice is not one of the popular sins of our time. We don't often think of it as a sin. We don't think it's very admirable to be cowardly, but we don't really think of it as a sin. It's a sin. When you're cowardly before the enemies of God, as a child of God yourself, that is sin. Cowardice, again, as I've said, is not a popular sin of our time. But when the enemies of God ramp up their opposition toward God and toward his people, the Bible calls us to bravery and courage. It is a sin for cowardice to lead us toward disobedience. It is a sin for us to, to distance ourselves from God like Peter did. That is cowardly. That is sinful. The temptation toward being cowardly is most prevalent during times of great, commu- uh, great persecution. So when, you're, when, it, when there's a temptation that you'll be made fun of or rejected or even hurt, because of your stand with God, that's a temptation. That's a time of great temptation to be cowardly. We can't give in at those times. We can't give in when we might upset a family member for a stand we take or for our commitment to Christ. We can't give in. My exhortation to you is this, that in these relative times of peace, now, now we're certainly in a spiritual war today, but we're, it it's, it's, looks more peaceful than it will in the future. So in this relative time of peace, You and I should be bold for Jesus Christ no matter what opposition we receive, whether it's criticism on social media, criticism to our face, whatever it is, we must be bold for Christ. If we can't stand now, then how will we expect to stand during times like these in the future? Prepare yourself. Stand for Christ. Commit to him. Commit publicly to him. He's taken a stand for you. Now, more about the new heavens and the new earth in the next passage. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are-